0: What is going on, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lean 365 podcast. So in today's episode, I'm going to run you guys through exactly what happened with my pec tear. Now, most of you probably know that I'm recovering from a bit of an injury at the moment. It has been a pretty bad one, probably one of the worst injuries I've had in my uh, entire sort of fitness career, I guess, um, since I started my fitness journey. And uh, yeah, I basically wanted to give you guys a little bit of an insight maybe just to bring a bit more awareness around this type of injury, although it's quite uncommon, um, but generally just tell you my story. You know, people like to hear uh, these kind of things, a bit about the rehab process, how it all happened. Uh, a lot of you probably saw that I was traveling to Bulgaria. Um, so there's a little bit of a story behind that as well. And uh, yeah, just generally uh, explore the whole topic of, as I say, probably one of the worst injuries I've had that's definitely dented my 23, although we're staying positive And yeah, uh, you know, we're pushing forward. Um, like any time you have your challenging moments and you're faced with adversity, you always have to overcome and push forward and, uh, you know, be dealt the cards you've been given, which is what we're doing. So we're all good. But I wanted to kind of run you through the entire process from start to finish. So how did it happen? Now, it's like three days after Christmas and I think it was probably my first session back <laughs> after uh, after Christmas, being like first or second session. Anyway, went to the gym in Cheltenham, and uh, it was a cold day at the time. It was very cold weather around Christmas. You know, potentially it was a little bit cold. Um, but anyway, I went into the gym and uh, I was training push at the time. And first exercise I had was a barbell bench press. Now, I kind of had experienced a bit of tightness in my chest leading up to this session. I actually remember that the week before when I did barbell bench press and I hit my PB of 140 for about six reps, I think, which I was really pleased with, or five reps or something like that. And I actually remember that I felt tightness in my chest when I did those six reps. And I kind of think back now and just cringe thinking that I was probably very, very, very close to uh, rupturing the tendon then. However, obviously it was the following week. So there was definitely tightness there which I was experiencing. I don't know whether I had minorly tore, it's not probably not a word, I had a minor tear in my chest which potentially was the reason as to how it then became a full rupture, or there was just general tightness there. You know, probably needed uh, a sports massage, which I wasn't getting enough of at the time, um, because I was doing a lot of training. I was I was training very intensely and very heavy. I was also doing a lot of running as well, so my body was under a lot of stress, and um, potentially as well, I just needed like deload. Now, I did have a coach at the time, who I did say a couple of times too that I was experiencing a little bit of tightness with my chest. And it was causing me not pain, but I could feel it there. Now, the coach didn't really have that much to say, which I think was a little bit disappointed. You won't be surprised to hear that I don't work with that coach anymore. I think that your role as a coach is to really be attentive and to care for your clients in, an, in you know times of injury or even like potential risk of injury. You know, if a client said to me that they were slightly ill or slightly injured or there was anything they were a little bit worried about, I would definitely tell them to, you know, pull back and potentially look to, to really reduce the volume or just put the deload or rest in there, whatever. Coach didn't really have too much to say about it and, uh, you know, I pushed on as I would. You know, I'm not sort of, person to make excuses. And uh, it was about 120 on the bar. So I was still warming up and I was actually going to push to 140. And as I say, I am glad that I didn't. And it was on 120 where I was probably maybe into the third or fourth rep. I definitely felt tightness there. I almost didn't do the bench press because I think my body was probably telling me not to. But anyway, I did. I pushed on and um, it tore. Very simply, it tore. Now I have my headphones in at the time, but trust me, when you do this, you hear the tear. Even though you you don't hear the tear because you've got your headphones in with loud music, you you hear this like ripping sensation, which is it's it's horrible. It gave me nightmares for a good few days afterwards. Now, obviously, when it happened, um, I'll be honest, there wasn't really much pain there, like at all. Um, I didn't have a spot at the time, which was a big mistake, and I managed to sort of hook the bar back on. Luckily, I didn't put weights, uh, I didn't put um, clips on the bar, so I managed to put one side or hook my left side on. And then the right side is obviously the one that tore, and I just got it on the bottom hook of the bench press, so the weight's obviously slipped off, and uh, the the good side obviously I managed to hook on. Now people didn't really care; like I came up off the back of the bench press, no one really looked around, no one was like, Are "You all right?" It was it was very weird; like people didn't really notice what happened. And uh, as I say, I wasn't in much pain; I wasn't on the floor in, you know in in crying with pain, so. Obviously, I didn't carry on. I knew what I'd done. Uh, I went straight to the, the toilet and uh, I looked at the at my chest and it, it looked very swollen. Uh, it looked very big. You could just tell there was a, a trauma that, you know, had really happened. And uh, anyway, at that point, I was like, shit, you know, I've, I've done something here. I kind of knew what I'd done because I know people that had done the same injury and, uh, you know, went back, put obviously, you know, all the equipment back and then uh, got in the car and went home. I was a little bit worried when I was driving home. I, I kind of, Feared there might need to be surgery. I feared I'd be out the gym for a long time. I knew that tears, you know, are never going to be good when you tear tendons and ligaments. That they, they are, you know, it's it's fairly bad, right? Obviously, dependent on the grade of the tear. Uh, but when I got home, um, obviously I told my mum. Actually, rang my brother because he had he had done the same injury uh, and gave me kind of you know advice and stuff in terms of what his process was like. It turns out mine was a lot worse than my brother's, which we didn't think at the time. But anyway, I got home, I iced it. Um, you know, I looked online, uh, asked a couple of friends and stuff about what happened, and um, you know, I didn't think it was that bad. Obviously, the next day, wasn't able to train. Obviously, there was soreness there. It did come out and it bruised, so, like, you're probably seeing people's bruising off this injury, and it's you know the the, the blue and the black and stuff uh, across the chest and the arm. Mine wasn't that bad, and it did take a couple of days to come out um but you know I have movement there it, it wasn't that bad uh, I did a lot of research and you know I could see that lots of people did have to have surgery but at that point I only really thought it was a grade one maybe a grade two tail I didn't think it was that bad and that's a, exactly the same as what a couple of other people thought as well because I had such good movement in my arm you know when you rupture a muscle you're essentially pulling the tendon off the bone so you should not be able to really do much with your arm like you shouldn't be able to adduct it or flex it, it it's it's very much. Out <laughs> and that wasn't the case for me, Um, and I actually had a appointment with a physio the next day because I was seeing a physio at that time just to help me with um mainly with my legs because I was actually prepping for a half marathon, which obviously I did. I did. T- I've done two of those now with the torn chest, and uh, I basically told them before I was like, "Look, you know, I've just done this. I think it's obviously it's good timing because I've already got an appointment booked with you. We might have to change the focus." And uh, as soon as I went in there, she she didn't think it was a rupture. She didn't think it was actually that bad. She thought it was like a grey tube, potentially, you know. Something like that. So she said, with the right rehab, probably you'll be okay. Probably be fine. Um, so anyway, I was quite, I was quite optimistic at the time. I was quite sort of, you know, okay about it. I was like, okay, cool. You know, probably going to be out of the gym for say, sort of six weeks, or out of chest for six weeks. Probably be okay. So anyway, I went back to Dubai because I was actually then moving to Dubai officially at that point, and. I then wasn't really too sure about the injury. I kind of was getting around it. It was slowly healing, but it was certain parts of it that weren't really healing. It then started to look a little bit weird as well. So I definitely noticed the deformity when I got out to Dubai. There was a there was a gap uh, between my chest and obviously where it wasn't now attached to my humerus to my arm. So there was a very clear sort of disfigurement there, and I kind of left it at the time. And uh, I remember then going to see one of the PTs there. So he was a, a coach, really good, like uh, rehab specialist as well in terms of that sort of injury. So did a few sessions with him. And then he sort of said to me that, you know, that you haven't made huge amounts of progress this last couple of weeks. There's still certain exercises that you can't really do. Um, I think you should go and get a scan. You know, this was probably like six to six, six to eight weeks post injury. Um, so then I, I got the scan and, uh, at the time I didn't have insurance, which was a big mistake of mine, which I'm going to go into later in the podcast. And, uh, I then off my own bat paid for an ultrasound. Uh, I didn't pay for an MRI because MRIs are very expensive, and the doctor knew that, so he just said, "Look, we'll do an ultrasound and we'll see what the situation is." Uh, he looked at me literally topless, and the, within three seconds, he was like, "Yeah, you need to have surgery. You've ruptured that." So that's what the the surgeon literally noted straight from looking at me. Um, but then the the ultrasound came back. We looked at it, and he could you could clearly see that it was a, it was a rupture. You know, there was no real uh, link in terms of my tendon being attached to the bone anymore. It was very clear. Uh, missing there. Anyway, it wasn't the worst rupture they'd ever seen. Uh, the doctor said to me that, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as what it could have been, but it was a rupture. It was a grade three tear. You know, there was no attachment anymore from my tendon to my, my pec. So that was the issue that I then faced. Now at that point, I knew I needed to have surgery. And uh, as I said, I didn't have any insurance at the time. So it was a very, very, very difficult situation because I wasn't living in the UK anymore. So, you know, to come back and get it done in the NHS, it, it wasn't really a a possibility for me um i could have potentially come back to the uk and got it scanned and gone through the nhs procedure and it probably would have taken months to get the surgery like we know how slowly the nhs are at the moment it is horrendous so really it would have been a very frustrating process considering that i wasn't even living in the uk anymore so it would have literally been like coming and getting planes back and all this so it was, it was very frustrating and uh i spoke to the surgeon who said look, you know take out some insurance and um you should be able to just claim on it. They they won't ask when you did it, you should be fine. And uh, anyway, cut a long story short, after a very long frustrating process of trying to claim on it, I did actually get an MRI scan through the insurance. A very, very long process. Uh, Eventually, obviously came back with the insurance company, um, basically saying they wouldn't fund the surgery because they believed it was done as a pre-existing condition, which it was, um, and obviously that is my own fault, and that's a big mistake And the lesson that I learned to obviously make sure that you are covered with your health wherever you go in the world, uh, but that is something that I will learn from. So anyway, I was then faced with a little bit of a problem because I had an expensive op uh, that needed to be done for me to really get full function back, But I didn't have insurance that was going to be able to cover it. And when I say expensive, this op in the in Dubai had been uh, quoted at about ten grand K, and and that's not dirham; that is sterling. So it was not a cheap op, and uh, it was a bit of a blow for me at the time. I was thinking, shit, what am I going to do? And I kind of inquired with a few other surgeons. I spoke to a few people. There was a, you know, some people said probably get away without having the surgery. You know, it's it's something that could heal over time. You're just gonna have to do a lot of physio, a lot of rehab. And then the surgeon I was seeing in Dubai said, you you need the surgery. Like You're a young, fit guy. You work in fitness. If you do not get this surgery done, you will be impaired for the rest of your life. You will not have full function within your chest. You won't have full function within your arm. There'll be potential problems that will start to appear around your body because your body's going to start to compensate. That muscle is just going to shrivel up. He said that you really need to get the surgery done. He said, I would If you were a sedentary person that wasn't really into fitness, you were older, he said you probably could get away without it. But he said, for you, it has to be done. He was very, very uh, sure that it needed to get done. Whatever it took. Now, obviously, he was also aware of the of the price that he would, you know, that it was going to cost me. Um, so he kind of probably felt for me a little bit at the same time, anyway. So, anyway, I did a lot of research. I knew that I need to get this sorted. Uh, It is what it is, you know. Can't get the surgery done here. Need to come up with a solution. I don't really fancy paying ten grand. It's a lot of money. Um, so what am I going to do? So that's where at that point I decided to do some research, and I found. A surgeon that could do it in Bulgaria. So I messaged one of the hospitals, and the medical rep came back to me, who was incredible, really, really nice guy. Um, highly recommend him. And basically, just come back with me with lots of information, and found a very, very good specialist orthopedic surgeon in Sofia that was able to do the op for me. That actually had seen my case. He knew what I looked like. He knew my, you know, background on me, and was like, "Yep, yeah, I can help this guy. I can do the, I can do the surgery." And uh, obviously, with it being in Bulgaria, it was. Cheaper. It wasn't cheap. I'm not going to turn around and say it was nothing, but it was significantly less than what I'd been quoted in Dubai. So, I, you know, I, I did dodge quite a substantial fee. Um So that was the uh, that was the situation. Now, by this point, it was like 12 weeks post-op because I'd had such a malarkey with the insurance company not getting back to me, telling me whether they were going to insure it. So I was actually sat in limbo for weeks. Like, are you going to insure me? Are you not going to insure me? It was it was horrible. I was literally just waking up every day looking to see whether my claim had been accepted, and it was just this ongoing process which frustrated the hell out of me, if I'm honest. Um, then obviously it took a little bit of time to get the date of the the operation in Sofia, all that kind of stuff. But we got there eventually, and uh, having spoke to the doctor, he said that this sort of surgery is best done straight off the bat. It is best done like you know within about a week or two of having the trauma. However the surgery is still possible to get done at a later date. You know, it can still get done. The tendon is, is is fucked. You know, it does need to be repaired, but it's just a more complicated operation. It's not as it's not as easy as what it would be if it was at the start. So I was aware it was gonna be a fairly big op, um, having obviously, you know, waited about 12 weeks to go and get it done. So I went to Sofia, uh, got a flight there. It was uh, start of April uh unfortunate enough that my brother came out there as well um and supported me throughout the op and we also enjoyed a city break at the same time so it wasn't all doom and gloom um we saw a little bit of sophia and then obviously i had a private had the op in a private hospital out there which was actually really really good highly recommend like received really really good healthcare, um which i was super pleased with and uh yeah essentially got the op done which it was a big op obviously i was under an anesthetic um you know, I was I was in a surgeon a surgery for about six hours or something like that. The actual op was probably about three to four hours, but I was there for a while with the anaesthetic and stuff. And uh, they also had to take tendon out of my leg, which was really pretty nasty. But essentially, what they said is that and they did pre-warn me about this as well. But the tendon that was that was in my arm, that was attaching my pec to my uh, my my humerus, my shoulder to my my humerus. Um, that tendon was was fucked. Like it, it had no function anymore. You know, it'd been sat in my body uh, basically sort of like shriveling up for 12 weeks. So it just wasn't fixable, which basically meant that if they wanted to do the operation properly and actually, you know, give me a sufficient tendon that's healthy again, they'd have to take it out of a healthy place in my body. So they basically did it, took a tendon graft out of my leg, which meant that they made an insertion in, in just below my shin um, and they pulled out 10 centimeters of tendon from my hamstring to then use that to then attach uh, my my pec back to my humerus again, back to my arm, so that I had a full functioning, healthy pec. Um, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty advanced it's a pretty uh, full on surgery, right? They're basically putting in anchors into you, they're they're like using a sword to put anchors into the bone of your arm in, in your humerus. And then they're using some sutures to then basically put it back on, like attach the tendon back to the, to the bone, um, and then anchoring it down with like these, yeah, like these titanium anchors, which were actually really expensive, which is what made the op a little bit more pricey. Essentially, that's how the procedure works. You know, they're, they're putting tendon back on the bone again. Um, and the tendon, the fresh piece of tendon is what they used. So anyway, when I woke up from the anesthetic, um, was obviously then in a bit of discomfort because my leg had been operated on as well, so I couldn't walk very well. Uh obviously that you know the biggest trauma was in my chest, so I couldn't move that area. It was difficult. <laughs> you know, going to the toilet was difficult. Uh functioning was difficult. Obviously I was you know in hospital with with nurses and stuff. So it was really good. But yeah, it was difficult. The first week was tough. You know, I wasn't able to do much. Still kind of sling bound now, but it's definitely improved a little bit uh in the last couple of weeks. And uh I'm able to walk i pretty bad swelling on my leg due to the trauma that my leg had had, so my ankles swelled up, swelled up a lot, which was uh, interesting, uh, but that's okay now, and the uh, the wounds are healing pretty nicely. And uh, yeah, look, my, my pec is back to, to normal. I've definitely noticed we lost a little bit of muscle on my chest, but then I haven't trained chest now for about five months or four months because I haven't trained it since I, since I did the injury. Um, but, you know, I'm feeling good. Um, the, the pec looks healthy, which it didn't before. It, it looked disfigured. So I've got a healthy pec back, which I'm happy with. It's just going to take time for me to be able to fully get back into, you know, the, the training side of things and get back into fitness, which is going to be tough for me. It's a different kind of journey. Um, I've always you know, locked into different kind of avenues of my fitness, I've done bodybuilding competitions, I've done several photo shoots, I've done two half marathons. You know, I've always liked to challenge myself. This is a different type of challenge, you know. This is getting back to being healthy again, getting back to what I was doing before. You know, doing what I love, and it's gonna take time. And you know, I've got to be, I've got to be slow with this rehab. It's not something that you just rush back into. Essentially, you know, I've got a new tendon on my arm. It's gonna take time for it to get a blood supply, for the wound to come back, uh, to 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 fully heal. You know, there's a lot to this. Um, Will I get back to uh, full strength again and be able to train properly and and back to doing what I love? Hopefully, uh, you know, the the percentages for for getting back to that were pretty good in my favor, and me being young and fit the surgeon was very uh, optimistic and confident that I would be able to make a full recovery. You know, it's still not 100%. uh, There may be a, a slight lack of strength that I get in my right pec, um, but hopefully you know over time with the correct rehab and procedures i should should i should be there if i'm honest if i don't get full strength back in my right chest in my right pack i'm not really gonna be too concerned um I don't need to be massively strong if i'm honest there's plenty of ways to build muscle it's not a question of trying to lift as much weight as possible which i kind of realize now which is a, a mistake of mine um but yeah essentially I'm not too concerned about that I think the biggest thing for me now is that I'll have a healthy chest back you know i'll be able to, to hopefully get back to training. And, uh, obviously I've learned a lot from this process as well. So that is essentially the, uh, the entire route from A to B of how it happened. Um, bit about the, uh, the malarkey of getting it all sorted, the surgery side of things. And, uh, now going into the rehab and this next, it's probably going to be about six months before I fully get back to being able to train properly. I think over time, there's more that I can do. I can start doing more strengthening work at 10 weeks. Um, uh, I can obviously start doing more movements and stuff. It comes out the sling at about four weeks or properly out the sling at four weeks. You know, so over time it becomes progressive. Obviously, I need a good physio on my side now to really help me with the rehab, but I'm very confident that, you know, this is something I'm going to be able to make a full recovery from uh, going forward and just embrace each day as it comes with the rehab now. Um, it's difficult, it's, it's a struggle for me to not be able to train. I have to say, it's, it's hard being inside all the time and not having that escape of going to the gym and and really enjoying myself and getting lost in the in the gym but at the same time you know it's it, it is what it is and uh look, we've got to progress and move forward and you know it's the same I have lots of clients that have, have have had injuries maybe not quite so bad as this one and you know my advice is always the same you know these are challenges this is a adversity that we have to try and face and overcome and all these kind of things make us stronger and uh you know we, we can either just bury our head in the sand and give up or we can adapt to overcome and uh, push forward in terms of just making the best we can of that situation. So I wanted to run you guys through next a few of the lessons that this has taught me, okay? I just wanted to end this podcast with a few very basic lessons that this trauma and this injury has kind of uh, made me rethink a few things and definitely taught me some very valuable lessons. So the first one is ego lifting. Now, I would never say that I was really ego lifting. However, what I think is that I got slowly into the trap of it because My program was very much strength-based before Christmas. I was actually doing lots of hybrid work. I had a hybrid coach. And a lot of the hybrid method is trying to push heavy weight. We're we're essentially trying to make ourselves ready for anything. So you're trying to get fit. We're trying to get as strong as possible. And some of the rep ranges were quite low. You know and it was very strength focused and i probably got a bit ahead of myself with the bench press because i thought i'm gonna try and bench as much weight as possible you know for a guy it's cool to be able to bench it i was getting three plates i was really happy with it i was getting too carried away with trying to push as much as possible and i think there is a you know there is a form that you need on the bench press to prevent that injury and i probably was not lifting with good enough form uh i didn't have a spot as well which was absolutely stupid um, which just meant that I, you know, I put myself in a very compromised position, and it was an accident waiting to happen. If I didn't tear my pack three days after Christmas, I would tear my pack at, at some point this year. You know, I would snap an ACL. Like something would happen to me because I was not probably lifting uh, in the correct and safe way with certain lifts. I was getting too ahead of myself and too cocky, and this just brought me back. Okay, it brought me back down to earth. Um, so that's my first lesson: don't ego lift. Okay, and uh, make sure you are lifting safely. Form over everything. And have a fucking spot, (laughs) especially when you're doing a bench press. If you are doing bench press, have a spot. It is the one exercise that you need to have a spot the most on because otherwise you are either going to completely like crucify yourself with the bar coming across your neck. Uh, You're going to get in a very tricky position. Or you're going to do what happened to me and make the injury 10 times worse from not having anyone to take the bar off you. The second lesson this, this taught me is always have insurance and cover yourself no matter what. Now, this is a lesson that's really bit me in the ass because financially it has cost me. Um, obviously, you know, look, it's one of them things. It's my health. Health health is the most important thing that you can spend money on. So for me to spend what I spent on this op, not really too bothered because it's my health. It's an investment that I, I knew I had to make. You know, there was a no choice there. Um, but at the same time, I could have obviously lessened the blow by having an insurance that would have taken care of it for me. I think no matter how fit, no matter how how healthy you are, you do not know what's around the corner. You really, really don't, right? Like I would never have predicted this to happen to me and it happened during probably the worst time because I was very compromised as I didn't have any cover and everything like that. So it's a lesson that I've learned going forward to make sure that I have the relevant cover in place and I'm insured, so that anytime shit like this happens, which it could at any point, you just don't know what's gonna happen. I've obviously got something that's gonna be able to fall back on and help me during a challenging time. So that's my th- that's my second lesson. My third lesson is always get things scanned and take medical advice and have things assessed properly. Don't just presume they are not serious. That was my biggest mistake because if I had knew how serious this was at the start and I'd gone to A E straight off the bat of doing it it would have changed a lot of things potentially I'd be four months into my rehab um or I, I probably wouldn't have had some of the success this year I've had in things like running but at the same time you know I'd be a lot more further forward with it it wouldn't have been maybe such a bad op because it would have been straight off the bat of of obviously doing the injury and also as well you know there might have been option there for me to have had it done in the UK or I'm not really sure I'm I'm not I'm not going to sit here and talk and you know hindsight's a lovely thing right But at the same time, I do think that lots of people do things that they don't think they're that bad, that, oh, it's okay, okay. you know, it's just, you know, I just fell on my wrist, you know, it's it's nothing too serious. If there's any form or any slight chance that there might be an issue and it might be something that could be serious, I would always get it assessed, you know, even if it's just called 911 and just getting someone on the end of the phone just to give you some reassurance. Um, I would not ever just leave things because I think that that for me is a mistake. I should have got it scanned. I shouldn't have been like, ah, it's okay. It's just like a grade one, two, tear or heal all of itself over time. That shit didn't happen. So I, I needed to get it assessed and got a medical opinion and I should have done that straight off the bat. So if you ever think you've done something, no matter how uh, you know serious you think it is, no matter how un- non-serious you think it is, get it looked at, get it assessed, get some medical opinion on it so that you can just cross that thing off and not have to worry about it. Next lesson for me is exercise selection. Okay, so I think for me now it's kind of made me realize there are certain movements that I I will not do. Like they just they're not worth it in my opinion. You know, when I get back to training, I'm probably going to question whether I'll be doing things like deadlifts, um, or especially heavy deadlifts. I'll probably do lighter deadlifts, but you know, really pushing towards the lower rep side of things and going heavy. Bench press is definitely not anything I'll be doing anymore. Um, I don't feel there's any need to do bench press. It doesn't actually. It's not really an optimal exercise for growing your chest anyway, if I'm honest. It's it's more of a, a shoulder. It, it works a lot of your, your front belts. It doesn't give you great chest contraction. If we really think about it, if we're doing a uni-natural movement, like a dumbbell press, which is gonna work one side either way, you're going to get a lot more chest contraction. You also get a much better range of motion with the way that the dumbbells are placed. So for me now, I won't go back to doing a barbell bar bench press. It's an, it's it's more of an ego lift. It's a powerlifting lift. So you know, if you're going to be a powerlifter, then amazing. But for people that just want to build a big chest, which is my goal, you know, I don't want to be a powerlifter. I I won't do a barbell bar bench press anymore. You know, use a chest assisted press machine, an incline press machine, some dumbbells, cable flies. There is so much you can do for your chest. I I personally won't be doing that. It's not to say that I would, you know, write that off completely. There's obviously certain clients that I still use the barbell bar bench press for with, with the correct form in the right way. It's, it's extremely unlikely to happen what happened to me. It's a very 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 uncommon injury, and lots of people said that to me. It's not something that happens regularly. It's it's you know it's not something that's just going to happen. Um, but at the same time, it's definitely made me reassess the way that I look at exercise now. I don't think I'll ever really lift as heavy as I used to because uh, I don't feel like the risk versus reward is there. You know, there's lots of ways you can build muscle you don't need to go super heavy to be able to build muscle mass. Okay. It doesn't work like that. You can actually use time under tension. You can use other ways to stimulate muscle growth rather than trying to go super, super heavy and, you know, potentially neglect form and safety. So that's that. My fifth lesson is life will always test you and challenge you with adversity. Okay. Often when things are great as well, when things are going really, really, really well, because that is what happened to me. If I'm honest, you know, I'd, Moved to Dubai. Uh, I went back over Christmas. I'd sorted everything in Dubai. I was like, flat sorted. Everything's done. Um, visa sorted. Emirates ID got. Everything was done. I was like, I'm absolutely buzzing to go back to Dubai. You know, really, really good situation now. I feel like my life's really come together. I've got you know a business. I'm super happy with. Everything was was great. And I was like, fuck, this is it now. Like, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna smash this. I'm gonna absolutely smash this, right? And that's when this injury happened and it it kind of brought me back down to even playing fields okay it sort of just made me realize that you know you don't fucking walk on water you don't know what's around the corner okay it made me re- it made me become a lot more like just down to earth of everything right it made me think like fuck you know like no matter how good things are going in your life no matter what place you're in you could always be challenged with adversity and problems at any point you don't know what's around the corner so don't ever get too cocky. Don't ever get too arrogant. Don't ever think that you completely walk on water and that everything's just gonna fall in line for you because that is just not how life works. And it's often when things are going really well that you know, you've know you got something and you've got a challenge coming up at some point. And that is what happened to me because I felt like life was just too good for me at that point. I feel like I was, I was very happy. You know, I had to make a, a lot of big decisions at that point in my life. But I really felt like things were coming together for me now. For you know, Gonna make this big move out to the buy. It's gonna be unbelievable. And then fuck, tore my pec, no training, the hospital, out of things. It, it you know it, it really threw a lot of spanners in the works for me. But now I look back on it, I'm like, it, I wouldn't say it's a good thing. I don't ever want to see that. But I'm looking at the positive. Someone you know, an optimist, and I believe that it did definitely bring me back to that you know that even playing field again, and and just make me realise that you know you can't ever get too too big for your boots. And the last. The last thing this taught me is I don't want to sound like Andrew Tate here, but it made me realize that as a guy, I think the more stress and the more trauma and the more shit that goes wrong for you and uh you know the more that you have to go through, the stronger you become. The stronger, a stronger individual and person that you actually become. You build more resilience, you are able to take on more, you start to think better, you start to think more outside the box, you know, you just you just generally even faced with more shit makes you a stronger person. And I think especially for us guys as well, um, I think that the, you know, some of the the self-made successful people in this world have gone through utter shit in their personal lives, in their, you know, their early parts of their lives. And that's what makes them a strong person. And I think for me, I'm not saying this is, you know, a life-threatening injury, a life-threatening illness. It's not paralyzed me. It's, you know, I'm not saying that this is as bad. I'm not trying to make this worse than what it is. Right. But at the same time, this kind of trauma and any kind of stressor and any form of adversity like this, it does make you a stronger person. And I think the person who is going to be the most successful and the most resilient is the person who's probably been through the most shit and actually dealt with it and got out the other side. Um, and that's the way that I'm kind of seeing this for myself. You know, I know this is going to be tough. It is already tough because I'm not able to do what I love, and I, you know, I feel like my physique is 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 not what I want it to be. I feel like you know it's 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 something that I'm noticing. But at the same time, you know, I know this is a process. I know it's something I'll come past. I'll get over, and I know this will make me a stronger person in the long run. And it's definitely made me a lot more self-aware um, with my training, a lot more self-aware with everything really going forward now. And it's made me realize that you just don't know what's around the corner. So that, guys, is today's episode. So I wanted to make it about half an hour, and uh, we've pretty much just hit the 13-minute mark anyway. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode. It's obviously a little bit different to what I normally talk about on the podcast, but I wanted to just give you guys a a total rundown of this injury because some of you probably didn't even know that I had it. I was obviously doing a lot of activities and stuff in the last few months that wouldn't even look like I had a, a ruptured Peck, uh, but I wanted to run you guys through, you know, what the process was, why I was in Bulgaria, uh, why I'm, you know, now in the UK in a sling, and just generally an update into everything. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of an insight into this type of injury, um, you know, what to potentially be a little bit aware of, um, but. More, joke, more so just to give you a bit of a you know a background on my last few months as well um so i hope you found this useful if you have i would uh, appreciate if you subscribe to the podcast like the podcast um share it to a friend share it on your story give me a tag always massively appreciate that make sure you uh, are subscribing for future episodes as well um and uh, guys i will catch you in the next podcast